0: You're listening to The Corbett Report. Report CorbettReport.com
1: Good evening, friends. Good evening. Welcome back to the broadcast. Of course, you are tuned into Corbett Report Radio with your host, yours truly, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, coming to you tonight, as every night, from the sunny climes of western Japan. Thank you once again for tuning in this evening, and tonight we're going to change things up a little bit. We're going to do some headlines and open phones, which we often do on Thursday nights here on the program, but we're switching it to tonight because we have a couple of guests lined up for the next two nights. First off, tomorrow night, Thursday night, we're going to be talking to Myra Sutton of the EFF about the TPP, and if that's too many acronyms for you... EFF is the Electronic Frontier Foundation at EFF.org. And Myra Sudden is one of the people working there who has been working on the subject of the TPP. That's the Trans-Pacific Partnership Agreement, which is a type of NAFTA of the a- Asia-Pacific, I suppose, that's being quietly worked on behind the scenes without uh, the knowledge or consent of most of the people in the countries involved, including the U.S. of A and my home and native land of Canada and my adopted land of Japan and many of the other countries in the Pacific region. So it should be an interesting conversation as the TPP agreement looks like it is going to be yet another type of international treaty that's implemented completely in secret that is working behind the scenes to quietly scuttle any pretense of uh, internet stability and internet freedoms that may exist at this time. And it looks like another SOPA or PIPA or take your pick. But we'll be talking to Myra Sutton about that tomorrow night here on the program. And then on Friday night, we're going to be talking to the director of ERMEP, That's the Institute for Research Middle Eastern Policy, Grant F. Smith. And we're going to be talking about a story that he's been working on for a couple of months now that has gone completely under the radar of the mainstream media about a very interesting story regarding some declassified FBI documents showing that Israeli PM Netanyahu is implicated in a 1970s plot to use U.S. technology for Israel's nuclear program. Oh, but I thought Israel doesn't have a nuclear program. They've never admitted to it. So it should be an interesting conversation with Grant Smith on the program Friday night. So in the meantime, tonight we're going to be going over some of the latest headlines, things that are making news and things that should be making news and uh, and so the phone lines will be open if you want to get in. One eight hundred three one three nine four four three. That's one eight hundred three one three nine four four three. Wide open. Any topic you'd like to bring up, I'd be happy to discuss. Or you can tweet me on air at Corbett Report. And I will be happy to read your comment on air. But I do make one promise to you this evening, friends. And that is that I will not waste your time with any of the left-right political distraction coming out of the Democratic National Convention as we speak. And I won't be uh, dwelling on that or or wasting any of your time with analysis of this as if it really matters which puppet is selected to be the so-called leader for the next four years. I think we all know out there that uh, that either way it's going to be a nightmare and it's going to be a bad news for the American people. So I won't be doing it the justice of giving it the attention that it so desperately seeks. Because once again, the political charade depends so much on us believing in it. And if we just stop giving it our attention and stop caring about the so-called would-be appointed leaders of the nation then we could actually get to the work of creating the communities we want. But I will mention the uh, latest Romney distraction, the reported theft of Romney tax records being probed. This from Bloomberg Businessweek, talking about a supposed anonymous hack that has supposedly gotten some of Romney's uh, tax returns. And this is about that distraction. That is uh, coming out about Romney and his taxes and uh, as if this is going to prove something fundamental about him that we don't already know. Also, an interesting Ron Paul moment at the DNC where they take a voice vote, and although the voice vote completely and utterly doesn't come out the way they want, they still just say, hey, the motion has passed. I'll put the link to that from Zero Hedge in. It's interesting. It's funny to watch at any rate to see... The pretense of democracy in the U.S. of A. Well, let's take a short break. We'll be right back with open phones and headlines right after this.
0: Welcome back. To this newest edition in Juice Media series of rap news journalism with me, Robert Foster. This evening we're actively delving in depth to facts which affect all of us who dwell on this internet. And we've got to give a special welcome to all the ladies and agents from the NSA, ACO, MI5. Glad you're listening in. Because today's show is all about surveillance and how it's spreading from the streets into our modems as we speak. Laws are being tacitly written in to implement ways of controlling the expanse of this internet to keep us safe, we're told. But from whom? And will this place ever be the same if these plans go through? To find out, we connect with our first guest to comment on the matter. We're live at the Penopticon with General Baxter. General? Son? Good to have you back again with us. Explain why the state is spying on us. My fellow Oceanians, as you know, we've always been at war with Eurasia. Or is it East Asia? Either way, it's war and we need division to wage it. But now the proles are connecting online, bypassing these illusory divisions of race, religion and nationality. Sounds grand to me. It's a catastrophe. Centuries of hard work are being undone. Profits are vanishing. And it's due to the internet. It's empowering humanity. We we need to get this who one to control rapidly. How? Behold the latest weapon in the war of terror. Our greatest invention since 9-11. Guaranteed to keep us free and safe forever. I give you the surveillance state, ladies and generals. Our secret wires log your keystyle. Monitor every single number on your speed dial Rewind straight to your position with facial recognition And pinpoint you within .03 of a mile We've put eyes everywhere without consulting you Keeping you safe whether or not you want us to Soon there'll be no freedoms left for threatening then we'll have won the war. Take that terrorism. Brilliant. Thank you, General. We now interview our resident guru, Terrence Moonseed, for a different view. Greetings. How does this situation look? I have one word for you, Robert. Double plus on good. The world populace of 7.4 billion are all headed in the direction of Orwellian totalitarian oblivion. My voice is hoarse, yelling about Stella Wind's cold, chilling them in trap wire, weaving through the world wide web. We all dwell in it. Face it. seeing eyes in all of our Facebooks like a virus. And then these iPhones with Siri. Or should I say iris? Next in line is our if I need devices and my chips Triggered by chemtrails The plates spray the sky with This time it's too far She got the base they're building in Utah When they are been all your data For over a century, it's Fubar And under the outback is an entire tunnel of wires An echelon base called Pine Gap To hijack our mother Gaia Maybe your mother's gayer. Boo-hoo. Why didn't you just kill yourself like most of your troops do? That's it. Now you're on the cast iron list. Hang on, General. Why weren't we informed about this? Sorry we didn't tell you about our grand plan before. It was meant to be a surprise. Under wraps in a store. But some sports sports had to go and ruin it for all by blowing whistles in spite of the damn law. Bill Finney and Thomas Drake are trailblazers for leaking these tactics. Hey, civil liberty for activists. Uh, activists, This is all legal. Anything we do now actually is. How is it? You can't question my authority. Thanks to this. And that shit's global, people In Australia it's now legal for the government to store all SMS's, searches and emails Australians, it's taking place under your nose Unless you wake up, all your data are belong to ASIO Come on, everyone knows, you can trust the government now If you've got nothing to hide, you've got nothing to worry about That might be the case with things that are happening now Because most people agree with most of the laws that are being handed down But once the Illuminati reveal their agenda for you This surveillance will enforce laws you no longer consent to But by then it'll be too late to protest too And anything you've ever said, time to can it will be used against you? I'm confused. So what should we do then? What should we do? Nothing. This is all an illusion. It's just a ride, a delusion, the matrix, the maya deceiving us. <laughs> you here? really make our job so much easier. Sorry to interrupt, but we're picking up a signal from beyond the space-time continuum. Quick, switch on the juice channeling portal. Wait, is that George Orwell? Good afternoon. Wow. What do we owe this honor to? I tried to warn you noobs, but I see you are actually fools. What else you thought this was an extraction manual? Yes. <clears throat> so can you advise us? What would you have us do? An open and universal internet is the most effective tool you have to address the issues that afflict the world at hand. Therefore, protecting it is the most essential task that stands before your generation. I think I understand. Hush man. You must not lose the internet. Heed this mantra. Who controls the internet controls the data. And who controls the data controls the future. We're losing you. I leave you with a tool to use. An onion? Don't be simple, Robert. This is but a simile. It stands for TOR. TOR? Google it. It's for anonymity. This Onion Router open network helps considerably against tyranny, but its only work if all you fers use it consistently. And even if you don't use it, run it so it's forced swell Thanks, Mr. Orwell. From no one call me George Torwell. If we'd had such tools when I wrote this well, it would have been so much simpler to tell Big Brother to go f*** himself. The mother f***ing... Oh, Sucking piece of shit Thanks George Torwell, For manifesting Direct from this Memory hole of history To impress on us These messages We're told we need safety Which is precious yes But can a society That can enforce All its laws Ever progress Hindsight shows That many figures Guilty of fraud crime Turned out to be Luminaries and heroes Before their time But if a surveillance State had reigned Then in this form of design Just think of all The progress We may have all Been denied Could lobbies for women's Or gay rights Have appeared and thrived With revolutionary ideals Have materialized Would science have pioneered or even survived if every word had been monitored by thought police and spies? Big Brother brings chilling effects freezing our collective hopes. He doesn't protect our safety but protects the status quo and threatens this internet, the one channel yet uncontrolled whose openness we are now called upon to effect and uphold.
1: All right, friends. We are back here on Corbett Report Radio. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and what you have just been listening to is the latest edition of Rap News. Rap News 15. Big Brother is wo watching you. That's www.watchingyou. watching you. And uh, I, for those of you out there who haven't checked out the Juice Media at theJuiceMedia.com, I would highly recommend it because it is. Certainly, an interesting uh, idea, and they certainly present some very relevant uh, pieces of information in their in their media. And so far, as uh, as I say, this is the fifteenth edition of their rap news, which they come out with every month or two, and usually on some timely and uh, pretty hard hitting issues like. For example, the all-seeing, all-knowing Big Brother surveillance state, which we've been covering here on the program at length. Well, uh, Juice News does it in their own way, and uh, it's an interesting take that they have on it. And this comes in from a listener, Russ, who uh, wrote in earlier today to let me know that the latest edition of Rap News is up. So thank you to Russ for pointing me in that direction. I'd like to, frankly, get your guys' take on Juice News and what they're doing if you've uh, tuned into them before or what your take is on that uh, most recent rap news. Personally, I think that, as I say, they do some great work and they, they bring some attention to some very important issues. But I have some misgivings about the way they try to position themselves, I think, as the uh, the sane, liberal voice in the middle between the crazy right-wing military industrial people and the crazy conspiracy theorists like Terence Moonseed, the recurring character who... You heard there talking about how the government is watching you do everything you're doing, and they like to come in and look like they're the ones in the middle saying, oh, you crazy conspiracy theorists, you're just out to lunch, and you crazy right-wingers, you're out to lunch. We're the sane ones in the middle. So I have some my misgivings to a certain extent about what they're doing, but at the same time, they are bringing attention to some important issues. So I thought I'd highlight that new rap news for you, and of course the link to that will be in the show notes for today's episode if you want to check it out for yourself on YouTube. But uh, on that note, we have a couple of callers already lined up on the line, so let's get your uh, take in on tonight's broadcast. Again, if you want to get in, 1-800-313-9443. But first, let's go to Chuck in Texas. Chuck, thanks for phoning in tonight. Hey,
2: buddy, how are you doing
1: online? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing?
2: Well, could be worse, but it could be a hell of a lot better. I just want to get your input, you know, or get your perspective. On Ron Paul and Sheriff Mack, you know, the people that for the last, what, two years have been making all of the noise about how there are our, our great allies, the great constitutionalists. And here, Ron Paul, when every bit of tyranny, every cheat, every lie is used against him, he remains mum, telling his people, oh, you must remain respectful, and respectful, wherever. An 80 year old man's arm is broken by the thugs of the federal, of the, uh, Republican party, aka Leos, you know, and he tells us to be respectful. And then we've got, um, Sheriff Mack, who's been, oh, so a great, you know, great, uh, freedom fighter for the, you know, the, the constitutional sheriff, and he endorses Romney. who's for ndaa partner i tell you what i have so little hope for america i just have so little hope anymore Uh, this is not going to be ugly
1: it certainly is i must admit i never even heard that sheriff mac has uh, gone out for romney that's that is pretty disturbing i don't even know what to say about that
2: I don't know. I mean, hell, I met him once, shook his hand, you know, liked the guy, bought his book, you know, supported him all this time, and I feel so betrayed. I,
1: I hear you. I hear your frustration, and I, I share it. Obviously, when when things like that happen, it is so disappointing. But on the other side, I mean, there is something positive we can take away from from the Ron Paul love illusion and and everything that happened there at the very least it got people excited about these ideas and it doesn't really matter because this is not something that's about a leader telling us what to think it's about an idea a concept of freedom and liberty and to the extent that they have instilled that in people out there there is there is at least hope for that and uh, we don't have to follow leaders and we don't have to wait for them to to, to come down from the heavens to save us. So the Ron Paul education revolution has has certainly accomplished something, even if the uh, the campaign ultimately became about Republicans and uh, they changed their name and now they're all respectful to the Republican Party. We That doesn't mean we have to be.
2: Well, I, I like that. I, I knew I called you for a reason tonight. I mean, I'm just so damn angry, which is no surprise, you know, considering who I am. But, you know, you're right. People need to quit looking for leaders. Damn it. Lead your own life. We don't need leaders.
1: That's we it. need That's to run the- on low. Well, that's the game they want us to play because they are the masters of that game and they can always, in every time, they can either control the leaders or they can decapitate the movement by getting rid of the leaders or they can do whatever they want. But the thing that they cannot resist is when we stop looking for leaders and we take it into our own hands. So uh, I think that's the message we have to take away from the Ron Paul revolution. And it can still continue on, even without Ron Paul and even without anything to do with uh, those types of leaders. So Chuck, we're going to have to leave it there. We're up against the break, but thank you for your call. I appreciate appreciate it and again anyone else who wants to get in 1-800-313-9443 let's take a short break we'll be right back Welcome back to Corbett Report Radio. You are tuned into Republic Broadcasting, and I'm your host for this evening, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. Tonight we're going over the headlines and the news that should be making news, but usually isn't in the so-called mainstream media. But first up, we uh, we do have the phone lines wide open tonight. Any topic you'd like to get in on, 1-800-313-9443. And on that note, we have Mike in Kentucky patiently waiting on the line. So let's bring him into the conversation. Mike, thanks for your call.
3: Hey, I tell you, despite the evidence, you're that um, what was that uh, rap song again? What uh,
1: Big Brother is whoa, whoa watching you,
3: watching me. I saw that today over on uh, a, uh, a certain other web page, and uh, didn't get a chance to watch it, but uh, I, I knew what it was about. But I have evidence of the Stellar Wind program being used domestically, going pr- way prior to the Patriot Act and nobody uh no reporter no uh even the ACLU and the uh electronic frontier foundation never got back to me i called the electronic frontier foundation i understand you have a guest on there tomorrow Mm -hmm. uh kind of on an unrelated topic but i called them on a friday afternoon and the woman was the woman that i talked to i never got her name or anything and and uh it seemed like she was agitated over something. This was after their court case had been dismissed with uh, the first time, I think, with uh, Mark Klein, you know, the retired AT and T worker yeah. who had the evidence of the secret splitter room six forty one A. And I told her, I said, I got evidence that this is much more widespread and, it's been, and it predates Patriot Act. It's obviously you know, involves. Uh, administration, uh, back in the Clinton administration, I've got a contractor that installed some of the equipment back in the late 90s uh, who uh, gave me photographs of the facilities that he worked on, which was a felony for him to even take the pictures. I've got, uh, you know, I just I've, I've I even called a news producer uh, while this phenomenon was going on live on my fax line. And um, uh, multiple technicians have looked at it, and they never could, if they knew what was going on, they wouldn't fix it. Uh, And finally, after 10 years of hearing people's cell phone conversations, or or even cordless phone conversations, interrupting the fax line for a a small TV station that I run here in Kentucky, I stumbled upon a retired Bell Labs scientist on Facebook, and after couple of days of him cussing me out and telling me i didn't know what i was talking about he finally asked for a couple of phone numbers and after he asked for these phone numbers the this glitch quit happening nearly as often and pretty much uh, pretty much went away about mm. a year ago yeah. but i collected uh phone numbers and people's first names and talked to them uh, i figured out a way to call them back after their audio had ended up I even left people voicemail messages of their own phone audio as they're driving down the road, and so that would believe me when I called them back. I said, "Hey, you know, your phone called me, and it's full You know, it's, it sounds like it's in your purse or your pocket." And uh, so it was, it was some kind of a. Uh, I had a private investigator tell me he thought it must be an intimidation tactic by the FBI because I did get a couple of intimidating emails from a, a former local cop that is in the FBI now. It's pretty wild. I mean, it's a, But it, the funny thing is, you know, I contact uh, journalists you t- with the evidence. You even call a news producer and uh, while the audio from somebody's phone is in the background, I say, and you hear this guy walking interested. around on a construction right. site, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they yeah. just say, oh, well, we'll put this down as conspiracy theory. Now there's a TV show about it. You know, person mm-hmm. of interest details right. a lot of these well,
1: Thanks. exactly right, and of course you get uh, the ACLU or EFF are all interested in looking into this when there's a Republican in the White House, but when there's an, a, a Democrat, we can forget it ever happened, basically. And so, uh, well, no surprise revived
3: there. Their, they've revived their lawsuits and continuing, you know, they're continuing going going on with it. Now we've got this whistleblower Benny, uh, the NSA guy who developed this software. Um, of course, there's a, the real gravy is not a government spy. Where the money's being made is the uh, phone companies, internet service providers spying on all of us because they they can grab uh, demographics and granular data and metrics and figure out how to do marketing and manipulate masses of people, both uh, economically and politically. They can create fads,
1: you know, yeah, uh, exactly right, and that's it, and that's precisely part of the function of the intelligence agencies behind the scenes and what they're doing with the data is is the exactly that type of metrics and, and things like that. The- yeah, like for the, money exactly. Well, for people if, out there who don't know, uh, Stellar Wind was the code name for the NSA wiretap program, and that was all broken in 2005. And we've been just sort of seeing the little bits and pieces on that coming out since then. But uh, but I would be fascinated to, to hear or see any of the evidence you had. So if you want to get in touch with me, um, I can certainly get to your details off air, and we can do talk you, about that.
3: Do you feel? Do you Facebook?
1: I do not. I do not uh, want well, to. Uh, I got into it a couple
3: it. Of years ago because I realized that I could not really criticize it unless I got in there and figured out the nuts and bolts of it. I ended up discovering a whole bunch of shenanigans that's going on with Facebook, much the same way that YouTube hits can be suppressed. They can prevent people from liking things and uh, suppress the likes. Or have fake likes, of course. Well. It, well, the fake likes you can buy. Yeah, yeah. like uh, Obama's got supposedly 19 million Twitter followers, 70, 70% of them may be fake. Yeah. Uh, so there's all kinds of shenanigans going on with the sh- social media. Yeah, but, no surprise uh, there. But well, they can I, also make sure that you don't show up in the search results. I've
1: got evidence exactly, of that. Too. yeah. The same games that they play with Google. Well, Mike, uh, just just hold on the line. Uh, we're going to break, but I'll get your details off there, and we'll see if uh, if you have anything you want to send along to me. Um, I'll give you some details so you can send that along. But uh, But for the rest of you, please hang on. We're going to come back after this break and continue breaking down some of the headlines and news that's going on around the world. So stay tuned right there. We'll be right back. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back. You are tuned into Corbett Report Radio, and tonight we are going over some headlines. The phone lines are still open if you would like to get in, 1-800-313-9443. And you can, of course, t- tweet me on air as well, at Corbett Report, if you want to get in that way. But let's move along. Let's uh, take a look at some of the other headlines that are making news right now. And we're going to switch over to, uh, well, in fact, we're going to pick up from what we were talking about there with... Uh, with the Big Brother is watching you, let's uh, let's go along those lines. There's another story that broke just this week. That's a pretty interesting story. So let's take a look at it. It's from the Register.co.uk. Hackers leak one million records on Apple fanboys from feds. FBI laptop with data on 12 million i things pwned via Java hole. So uh, this uh, story goes on to say, quote, hackers have dumped online the unique identification codes for one million Apple iPhones and iPads allegedly lifted from an FBI agent's laptop. The leak, if genuine, proves feds are walking around with data on at least 12 million iOS devices. The 20-byte ID codes were, we're told, copied from a file extracted from the Dell notebook of a senior federal agent who was tracking the activities of hacktivists in lolsec, anonymous, and related groups. Supervisor Special Agent Christopher Stengel's machine was compromised via a atomic reference array vulnerability in Java in March, the Black Hats claim. Once his computer was infiltrated by the hackers, a file was allegedly seized containing 12 million device records that included unique device identifiers, UDIDs, usernames, and push notification tokens, as well as a small number of names, mobile phone numbers, addresses, and zip codes. Members of the anti-sec crew leaked edited extracts of this data, having mostly stripped it it of Fanboy's personal information on Monday. I'll let you go on to continue reading through that story, but some interesting uh, details there. Of course, the most interesting being that FBI agents have... Data on 12 million uh, Apple users s- sitting there on their laptops waiting to be extracted by and or anonymous and or anti-sec and or whoever else comes along under the mask of Guy Fox, claiming to be an anonymous hacking group. And once again, when it's anonymous like that, who knows who it is, whether it's real and spontaneous, whether it's uh, government-sponsored, f- uh, false flag-type attack, who knows. But at any rate, interesting to see this type of information coming out from literally from an FBI agent's laptop and for anyone who was surprised that Apple and the FBI are in at least enough collaboration that uh, the, the owners of 12 million i things, as The Register so memorably puts it, would have their details sitting there in the FBI files, well, there it is in black and white for you. So it shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone who's keeping their eye on the Big Brother police state. But uh, just a little, a little more on that note, I suppose. Well, let's move along. Uh, earlier, of course, we were talking about the distraction of the DNC and the distraction that was the RNC and all of the other political distractions that are coming along in this 2012 selection cycle. But let's uh, take a look north of the border up in Canada, where there has been some uh, election news and, and at least one interesting story to note that came out of the Quebec provincial election that just took place. That I believe, if uh, I haven't even been following it carefully enough to know, but I believe the Parti Québécois just uh, took over the the province with their the premier, Pauline Marois, taking the the reins from Jean Charest of the Liberal Party. So that um, that's some news for Quebecers that should be uh, make for an interesting few years ahead. We'll see if any more separatist leanings come out of this and uh we all know what took place back in 1995 let alone back in the 1980s regarding the separatist vote that took place and all of the brouhaha around that and daniel eschelin's assertions that bilderberg was behind those manipulations and was trying to break up canada so we'll see what comes of this latest round of pq rule in quebec But coming out of that is an interesting story that picks up along the lines of those stories that we've been seeing in the U.S. of A. all too frequently lately of those uh, shooting rampages that are making the headlines. Well, here's one from Quebec. It says, deadly shooting at Quebec premier's rally. This is from Newsday.com, and it was published just earlier today. Quote, a man accused of opening fire at a midnight victory rally for Quebec's new separatist premier was questioned Wednesday. But police said the suspect's rambling statements in French and English yielded no immediate motive for the shooting that killed one. A police official identified the suspect as Richard Henry Bain, 62, from La Conception, Quebec. The police official spoke to the Associated Press on condition of anonymity because the suspect had not been charged yet. Provincial police said earlier that a masked gunman wearing a bathrobe opened fire just outside the building where Pauline Marois of the Separatist Party Québécois was giving her victory speech. The gunman was heard shouting in French, The English are waking up, as police dragged him away. End quote. Well, a bizarre little story for a number of reasons, not least of which that this man is named Bane, coming as this does in the wake of the Aurora, Colorado, Dark Knight Rising shooting, and all of the memes that have been surrounding that as we were going over the other week with uh, Lauren Coleman here on the program, but... uh, just a bizarre little story. What do you make of this? Well, hopefully it's just a little isolated blip and will not become part of that uh, that copycat effect that we were talking about with Lauren Coleman. But uh, at any rate, it is an interesting little story, and it just continues to come out out, out of that bane of gun control, the the, 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 the gun control capital of, of North America, Canada, where, hey, it's, it's a gun control paradise, and people, people have to register their long arms, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and Oh, wait, there's still shootings? How does that work? Well, I guess we just need to make sure to to, to ban guns completely, and then everything will be okay, right? Of course not, and of course there's a lot more to be said about that, and I hope to get into that in more depth in the future, but there you go. There's a a political shooting that just took place in Canada that might be worth keeping our eyes on to see what else spills out um, out of that story. Let's move along to another... Interesting story. I don't know where to fit this in, but I I find it interesting myself always being uh, interested in the latest science headlines, and this one struck my eye earlier today. This is from the Washington Post, and it runs under the headline, Junk DNA Concept Debunked by New Analysis of Human Genome. Quote, Most of a person's genetic risk for common diseases such as diabetes, asthma, and hardening of the arteries appears to lie in the shadowy part of the human genome, once disparaged as junk DNA. Indeed, the vast majority of human DNA seems to be involved in maintaining individuals' well-being, a view radically at odds with what biologists have thought for the past three decades. Those are among the key insights of a nine-year project to study the 97% of the human genome that's not, strictly speaking, made up of genes. The Encyclopedia of DNA Elements project, nicknamed ENCODE, is the most comprehensive effort to make sense of the totality of the 3 billion nucleotides that are packed into our cells, end quote. All right, I'll let you read uh, the rest of that article, and I'm not going to... Deign to pontificate too deeply on the junk DNA concept, etc. Uh, of course, I'm no I'm no scientist myself, and I haven't done a great deal of research into this. I just find it interesting when these stories come along that completely blow out of the water these these types of ideas that get ingrained in the popular imagination and become part of the the scientific canon, despite the fact that there's little to back them up, and and basically they rely on an ignorance, basically on what we don't know and Saying something positively about what we don't know and decades later we find out something that puts that missing piece of the puzzle into the place and we suddenly go hey oh that concept we told you about yeah that that's that's no longer valid and of course people will still i have no doubt continue to assert the junk dna concept yeah most of the dna is is just junk that's not really used well here's uh, here's at least one indication that that is not the case and i'm sure there's much more to be said about that but again it just plo- blows that old paradigm out of the water and blows away that concept that Unfortunately, a lot too many people have that somehow science itself is ever somehow settled and that that somehow we can say, oh, this has been scientifically proven. Well, all that really means is that it the hypothesis that we have fits the fact facts as well as we know them for the time being and scientific knowledge is always tentative and is always open to revision and that's something that uh that some people out there just have a hard time wrapping their minds around so stories like this one are important for at least keeping that in in people's minds and as an old physics major myself or i was a physics major for a grand total of one semester at the university of calgary before i switched into my english studies I, um, I I always go back to things like the concept of uh, dark matter, which to me just is another one of those things that's a concept that really is just a name for something we know nothing about and that threatens to completely upend everything we do know about the universe. Yes, it's not, we can't see it and we can't detect it in any other way than the fact that it creates this amazing gravitational mass that can't be accounted for in any other way. So basically it's just this dark matter that uh, that somehow or other doesn't, correspond to anything else we know about in the universe but somehow makes up 90% of everything in the universe. Again, s- s- concepts like that i to me are clearly just scientific stopgap concepts and yet people take them as if they're some sort of final revealed truth from on high. So I would uh Just question people, uh, get people to question what we are told about with regards to any scientific study, keeping in mind that it's always open to revision and that we're always looking for better fits to the data as we know it. And even the data as we know it is always subject to change and verification and revision and supplementation. Speaking of which, speaking of matters scientific, let's go into a couple of the latest Fukushima Update stories at FukushimaUpdate.com, and one that I particularly want to draw your attention to, because I'm sure it probably went under the radar for a lot of people, but I think it's particularly fascinating. is this little drama that has emerged over a photo that was released by TEPCO um, earlier this week. In fact, uh, sorry, at the end of August there was a photo that was released of Reactor 4's West Wall. And for those of you who don't know or don't remember, Reactor 4 is the the building that has the containment that is highly damaged and possibly going to collapse. Certainly it is uh, possible that it will collapse in the wake of the next earthquake or tsunami or whatever should strike. And hopefully nothing does because it also contains the spent fuel pool with over 1300 spent fuel rods that are contained in that storage that would be released into the atmosphere in the event of a collapse of Reactor 4. So it is a precarious building in a precarious situation, and really the eyes of the entire world are, or at the very least should be, on Reactor 4 and what's going on there. But on that note, earlier, uh, as I say, late last month, TEPCO released this a picture of Reactor 4, the West Wall, and... You have to see this to believe it. Right now, please go to FukushimaUpdate.com. It's the top story as as I speak. Update: TEPCO altered photos for physical protection of nuclear materials, and I have there posted at the top of that post the picture that they altered and the close up of the picture they altered. So they they have this picture of the west wall, and just in the corner of the bottom of the west wall, there there's a, a there's a part that has been clearly Clearly, it is a Photoshop job of the, the worst variety. They've just taken a, and cloned a piece of the, the wall from another part of the, the picture and just placed it over something, whatever, in this picture. And it's just a terrible hack job. You can tell from a mile away that this is Photoshopped. And so this was pointed out, and I put a post up on it on FukushimaUpdate.com last, uh, earlier this week but uh they've the, the, now more has come out about it um, originally there was no explanation they just had this altered uh clearly altered photograph eventually they replaced it with a new photograph of the west wall that just cropped out that section of the wall they just cropped it out completely so they don't have to bother covering it up with a crude photoshop job of any sort and then they changed the description on the website itself it says we replaced the photo for physical protection of nuclear materials whatever that means that must be a bad japanese translation of whatever they did one would hope but then the uh, the original statement that they have uh, that they had on there before said we had fabricated a part of the photo in terms of physical protection we replaced the photo of which the fabrication may be taken inappropriate. So clearly some bad Japanese English going on there, but in black and white, they admit it. Yeah, we fabricated this photograph of Reactor 4. And uh, I don't know why people aren't as concerned about this as I am. I, I can't believe that this isn't making more headlines. So I hope people will go to FukushimaUpdate.com and get this story, hopefully get it out to other people. Um, just an incredible example in your face of the types of cover up that go on there at fukushima and on that note for people who don't really know fukushimaupdate.com or don't use it enough i would like to suggest that uh, that people take advantage of it and once again i'd like to draw your attention to the tags in the sidebar of fukushimaupdate.com and all of the stories are sort have the uh, the tags and identifiers, so that for example, if you are interested in the cover-ups uh, specifically, cover-ups at Fukushima, there is a tag called cover-up there in the sidebar. If you click on cover-up, it will show you all of the uh, the stories that are that have that tag with them, starting with this latest update about the uh, the TEPCO altered photograph. But lots and lots of other um, stories that are tagged with that cover-up tag. And so you can, at a glance, see all of the stories that that have something to do with cover-up. Or you can glance through Reactor 4 or Cesium 137 or or whatever particular topic you're interested in. All of the stories will be listed there. So that's just a uh, pro tip for those of you who have not been taking advantage of FukushimaUpdate.com. But on that note, there are some other stories that I posted up there today that I think are worth taking a look at, especially this one um, from the National Energy Policy Minister, who has just come out to say that Japan is going to set their energy policy for the coming decades by the end of this week, but they have adopted no stance on nuclear power. So for those of you who haven't been following this, Basically, Japan has been um, looking at revising their long-term energy policy and strategies for the next few decades, which were originally set to have a certain amount of nuclear power uh, generating the electricity for Japan in the coming decades. And the original target was, I believe, something something on the order of 30 or 35% of uh, nuclear power was supposed to be... Um, generated by uh, of electricity was supposed to be generated by nuclear power by 2030. But uh, the government has been considering various options in the wake of Fukushima to either bring that estimate down to 15% of power, by 2030, or even down to zero. So the the various policy options on the table have been either to generate the same amount of nuclear power or less amount of nuclear power, or even to completely eliminate nuclear power from the options altogether. So apparently they are going to come out and actually set the energy policy by the end of the week but they have not adopted a stance on whether or not nuclear power should be scrapped altogether. So I don't even know what that means, really. How can they set the national energy policy without making a decision of whether or not they want to eliminate nuclear power? I guess we're going to have to wait and see what they come out with, and it looks like they're just going to try to kick the can a little bit further down the road. But an interesting story, and definitely a very much a part of uh, what's going on here. With the cover-ups and all of this, of course... Always revolving around that central question of the nuclear industry itself, how it exists, why it exists, and whether or not it can be eliminated from Japan altogether. And if it can, that might be a beacon for the rest of the world to follow suit. So let's keep our eyes on that at FukushimaUpdate.com. But right now we're going to take another break and we'll be right back after these messages to wrap up this edition of Corbett Report Radio. okay friends welcome back to the final moments of tonight's edition of Corbett report radio once again I'm your host James Corbett of corbettreport.com coming to you as always from the sunny climes of Western Japan and tonight on the program, we've been going over some of the headlines and things that are making news around the world. So, thank you to uh, Chuck and to um, Mike for your calls, always appreciated. And as I want, as I say, tomorrow night on the program, we're going to be talking to Myra Sutton of the EFF about the Trans-Pacific Partnership and some of the potential. Um, Internet freedom destroying uh, clauses that may or may not be in there. So we'll be talking about that. And then on Friday, we're going to be talking about the Israeli nuclear program and some U.S. spying and smuggling that was going on in the 1970s that declassified FBI documents have tied back to Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Not that you've heard about anything about that in the mainstream media. And we'll be talking to Grant Smith of ERMEP about that. So stay tuned for those programs later on in the week. But uh, right now, let's just close out tonight's episode with another story that I think is uh, particularly interesting. I hope people are keeping their eye on it. I certainly am keeping my eye on what's happening in China, because as I've been going over on the program, a lot of important information happening here in the Asia-Pacific region as it's becoming a more important place uh, on the global chessboard, and so a very interesting story just came out on uh, zerohedge.com by way of the unfortunately named testosteronepit.com, and the headline on this one is Merkel and Clinton go to China, one makes deals, the other gets snubbed. Quote, bring home the bacon, or the speck, as it were, was the guiding principle for German Chancellor Angela Angela Merkel when she frolicked in China last week but her pleas to get the Chinese to buy the crappy bonds of debt center countries in the Eurozone fell on deaf ears. This week, U.S. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton was hobnobbing with the Chinese elite. It turned into a clash fest, and instead of bringing home the bacon, she argued with the Chinese over everything and the South China Sea. Merkel was accompanied by seven ministers and a delegation of executives from EADS, subsidiaries Airbus and Eurocopter, Volkswagen, which sells nearly a third of its cars in China, Siemens, Krupp, SAP. Three planes stuffed with Germany's political and corporate elite. It wasn't about human rights, or Syria, or the South China Sea, but about trade. Days before her visit, it seeped out that Airbus was hoping for a mega-contract of 100 planes. The official occasion was Airbus's joint venture in Tianjin, where they celebrated with Premier Wen Xiaobo the assembly of the 100th plane of the 114 planes Airbus sold in China in 2011. 36 had been assembled there. During the 10 years Wen has been premier, German exports to China have quintupled, and Chinese exports to Germany have quadrupled. Hopes of mega-contracts can turn into disappointments. In early 2011, before the Chinese delegation came to Berlin, Airbus was hoping for an order of 150 planes. Then an advance agreement called for 100 planes... But in June that year, when the Chinese arrived in Berlin, they they only ordered 88 planes. Punishment? The EU had included aviation in the EU emissions trading scheme to deal with climate change, a policy China, along with US and other countries, considered a harebrained idea. All right, a lot of very interesting information in here about Merkel's trip, about Clinton's trip to China, and uh, as I say, very important information coming out from China and what moves that are being made on the chess- chessboard in relation to China, so I hope people will check that story out. And all of the stories we went out over tonight on the uh, program will be available in the show notes at CorbettReport.com slash radio just a few short hours from now. Hope you'll subscribe to the free feeds for free, at the RSS feeds at CorbettReport.com so you never miss an episode. But on that note, we're out for tonight, so thank you all for investing your mind time in this alternative media, and I'm looking forward to doing it again with you tomorrow night. So thank you for listening, and take care.